This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The crowd at Wrigley making noise, trying to help Saya at the plate. The payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Ball game over. The Reds sweep the Cubs. Taking the finale 8-5. to five. Cubs, in fact, get swept by the Cincinnati Reds. Reds 8, Cubs 5 yesterday. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I'm Mark Grody, here with you up until the start of Cubs baseball. The Cubs bring on the Rays starting today. Broadcast begins at 1245. First pitch is at 120 to be made by Marcus Stroman of the 295 ERA. Cubs lineup goes down like this. It'll be Miles Masterboni leading off and playing third. Nico Horner, the second baseman. Ian Happ hitting third and playing left, while Suzuki will be the right fielder and uh, obviously your cleanup hitter. Dansby Swanson, the shortstop, batting five. Michael Talkman is back out there and in center field and batting sixth. You've got Rios as the DH today for the Cubs. Matt Mervis back in there hitting eighth and playing first base. And Barnhart is the catcher, as in Tucker, batting ninth for the Cubs. So very interesting uh, lineup today for the Cubs, who may be looking for a little bit of a spark out there. They will be batting against Taj Bradley of the Rays, 3-1 and one with a 4.44 ERA. And to talk more about the Cubs and what's been going down and what to look forward to, we go to Wrigley Field and bring in Andy Martinez, a Cubs writer for Marquee Sports Network. And uh, Andy, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. So what uh, what do you think of the lineup today? Just a little bit of a shake-up there to maybe attempt to spark some things for the Cubs who just got swept and have lost four in a row overall? Yeah, that's, that was the message that David Ross had just not too long ago when he when he met with us here at Wrigley. He spoke about, like, they're still getting on base, right? They're, they're still getting guys on base, and they're just not getting the, the clutch hitting or the, the timely hitting to, to push across runs. And that was kind of the thinking about moving someone like Dansby Swanson to the five hole, who's hit primarily in the two spot all, all year, to, to move him down that five, to the five hole so that when guys are on base, when there's there's opportunities, you, you theoretically would think that Dansby Swanson, who's the, the best hitter and the best player so far this year, like, he's the guy that can, can help push across those runs and, and kind of same thing with moving just everyone down in, in the order like that, where, where like Nico Horner, maybe like if he comes up with Miles Mastroboni on base, he can he can move the line and, and Ian Happ and Chase behind him can, can file, follow suit. So that was the thinking is to try and 
try and switch things up a little bit because, yeah, like like you talked about and, and the record has shown that, that things are just not going their way right now. Well, that was a, actually a very good explanation of the lineup and what David Ross specifically is trying to do for the Cubs, and it's good. I mean, a lot of people say, well, manager can't go out there and hit, manager can't go out there and pitch, but what a manager can do is shake things up in the lineup and try different things, and that's the position that Ross is in. How much criticism do you think that David Ross does deserve on the overall, though, for this Cubs slide in this 22-30 and 30 record right now? Yeah, it's it's a definitely a fair question. I'm I'm not too sure that he deserves a whole ton of uh, of criticism. He definitely deserves some some criticism for sure. But a lot of the a lot of the decisions that he's made, like sometimes they're not the wrong decision per se, right? It's it, like the the way I look at it in decision making is like when the decision is made, if you think about it, and you say that's probably the right move. Then even if it goes wrong, hindsight obviously is twenty twenty, and then you can you can decipher it all you want and realize like yeah, that was the wrong move, but because you had the benefit of hindsight. In the moment when you kind of, there's not there's not been a whole lot of moments where you're kind of thinking like what what's going on here what is he doing here the the he mentioned yesterday bringing in Jeremiah Estrada who's been one of their best relievers to, yep. to relieve Drew Smiley who's been one of their best starters like that was the the right decision in the moment and Jeremiah Estrada didn't didn't deliver I go back to the Houston finale in in, in against the Astros in Houston like the, the the it was the right decision to bring in Mark Leiter Jr. in the eighth inning against the top of the Astros lineup. Mark Leiter Jr. gave up a pair of runs, and then after that, that's when Keegan Thompson kind of had his, his struggles, and, and the Astros come back and rally from a six-one deficit to win. Like all those are in in the moment the right decision. It's easy to 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 have hindsight and look back and think, oh, the up like that, well, that was the wrong decision. You should have done X, Y, or Z. Like that, that's always easy to do. But I think in the right moment, he's been doing the right decisions. It's just that the things aren't going well for him. No matter what decision, it seems like even if he if he was had a hundred percent guarantee on on the on a decision it would somehow find a way to, to go wrong so it's it's been a weird stretch for them that like seems like everything is going right and then it just does it let me throw this one at you then just as a pretend because that that all makes sense because there's no no egregious errors by david ross and that's the word that i've been using in you know to quote right. unquote defend david ross how about on saturday though when Jamison Tyone is out there, he's he's struggling. It's the right move to pull him for sure. And then you sneak in a Michael Fulmer in the fifth <laughs> inning, and then it goes badly for him in that spot right there. So that I, I don't know. Did you like the idea of him pitching in the middle of the game as opposed to the end of the game? I, I did because he's as he's. We, you can look up the numbers in the ninth inning. He just hasn't had. He hasn't been the same reliever as he has been other times. So in that decision, I was actually in the same moment where I'm like, it's interesting, but I think it's the right decision in that moment. And again, Fulmer just did not deliver like that. And and that's kind of the way it's going. Where like they still think Fulmer is one of their their can be one of their better leverage arms, but that he has to kind of work himself back into the situation. So a situation like that fifth inning. Um, to bring him in is, is a good example. If they use him in the sixth inning coming up, like those are good pockets to try and get him back on track so that you can turn to him in a higher leverage situation because with, with him, the stuff seems to be there. It's just that he's just either run into crummy luck or he's just gotten hit hard. And, and that, frankly, is tough when he was supposed to be one of your anchors in your bullpen. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. What about the the Judd Hoyer? Because we're not talking about this. It's it's a really good conversation I think that Cubs fans are having in terms of 
what this team is, what it's supposed to be. Are they meeting expectations? Are they going above the expectations? But I look at it as if the Cubs are in some segment of of the rebuild, this is still this is still Jed Hoyer's show more than anybody's. Uh, not just because of you know, the, he's the boss, but because when you are carefully putting a team back together, whatever phraseology you want to use. It's his show. There's probably going to be more direction from the GM to the manager now than there would be, in theory, a few years down the road. So my long-winded way of saying and asking, isn't this really all about Jed Hoyer to the highest degree and then a lesser degree with Ross and the rest of the organization, at least right now? Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I mean, it's it's all about like what what roster decisions are being – how is the roster being constructed? What, what options is, does – David Ross have at his disposal, and just uh, just earlier in this homestand, Jed Hoyer mentioned like the bullpen. The bullpen's no secret that it's been a struggle for for the Cubs this season. He he mentioned Jed Hoyer said like that's on me. We didn't construct enough a good enough bullpen to, to put Ross in situations where like he has to turn to Michael Fulmer in the fifth inning, whether it's the right or wrong decision. Like that's because that's that's his option in that situation. He has to turn to Jeremiah Estrada after Drew Smiley because that's that's his option. Like those are. Those are situations where that he's put in because of Jed Hoyer, and that's something that Jed Hoyer frankly mentioned, like that that's on him. And he Jed Hoyer has shown the, I guess like the desire, the 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 firm headedness. I don't know what phrase you want to use, but to to, to go with the the big roster decisions to bring in Matt Mervis and 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 designate uh, Eric Hosmer a little later for assignment to bring up Christopher Morrell when the team first started going on a struggle to kind of try and spark the offense. Like he is, he is going in that situation. But the the the, the truth of the matter is, is like right now, there there's no more levers to pull, right? There, there's there's mm-hmm. not unless Nick Madrigal or, or someone starts really having success in AAA. Like there's there's not many other levers he can pull to try, kind of kind of kickstart things. Like this this is the roster as it, as it's constructed. <laughs> like that 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 that's just the the reality of the situation. Yeah, and one of one of your greatest momentary hopes for the future. Uh, it still is is Matt Mervis, although he has struggled. How do you think that they will handle Matt Mervis? Do you think they're going to continue to let him? And I know he's he, he's been hitting the ball better. Are they going to continue to let him work it out? Is this an extended stay, or is he on uh, borrowed time right now? No, I, I, I mean that, that was one thing that that David Ross, Jed Hoyer, they all mentioned when he first came up. Like he's not coming here to, to be on the bench, right? Like he's coming here Good. to play, and he's going to be on on the roster and. Yeah, if the matchup doesn't work up, or, or if he's played like six in a row or something, they're, they're obviously going to rest him and, and and not have him in those situations where where it, uh, it doesn't help him to succeed. But he's going to be playing every day. Like he's, he, how are you going to learn to to face better pitching if you're not facing it, right? Like it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a dumb thing to think about, but it's the, the reality, right? Like you, right. You, you don't get better by not facing it. You don't get better by only facing the, the weaker arms. And, and frankly, in, in Major League Baseball, and especially the stretch that the Cubs are on where they're, they're facing the Tampa Bay Rays, the best team in baseball, and then they go to on the Southwest Coast trip. Like they're going to be facing a lot of good arms that they, he's on the roster. You can't hide him, uh, even even if he's, if he's struggling. Like So you want him to get that experience, but he can be better maybe in – it might not. Be, he might go over four one day, but if he learns from it, and and the next day or, or in a week later, he's having some hits off of some of the some of the off speed pitching pitching that he's facing. Like that's that's a win long term for the Cubs. 
Really good stuff with Andy Martinez, Cubs writer for Marquee Sports Network. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, a couple more questions for you before I let you go and, and cover that uh, Cubs-Rays game, Andy. And Marcus Stroman going today. It's a big start for him just because the Cubs have been sliding. He's been excellent. Why do you think he's been so good? I mean, I think he's just healthy and, and he's got his rhythm. He mentioned at the beginning of the uh, spring training, at the beginning of the season, like, the WBC is a big thing for him that in, in 2017, the last time when he pitched for Team USA and had success, like it spurred him on to have a good 2017 season. And, and he said that he was he thought there was a chance that that could happen again this year, and he's, he's been more than right. He's, they, uh, he's just pitching those high-atmosphere games right off, the, right off the beginning of spring training and then coming in and, and pitching in these moments. He's looked really good outside of the, the Dodgers start. Um, he's looked really, really good, and... and, and and there was another start where I think he went two and two thirds, but for the most part, he's been really, really good for the Cubs. That he's he's kind of stabilized the the rotation. That like you know, nine times out of ten, maybe even more than that, that he is going to go out there and at least give you a chance to win the game. And when you're facing the Tampa Bay Rays in a really tough matchup, that's all you can ask for. I think there was also too like I, I don't want to discredit the defense behind him. He's a contact first pitcher that the ball is going to be put in play a lot, and you have guys like Danzy Swanson and Nico Horner up the middle that should be getting a little bit more a few more outs than than he would have with a different defense and i know everybody's allowed to to slump have some off starts but is everything okay with justin Steele after just getting clobbered by the reds on friday i think so i mean i i think he was a little due it's kind of like a weird word to <laughs> Fair. say right like Fair. like yeah. he, like, he, like he's just been so good that uh-huh. you, you just knew he couldn't I mean, I mean, you would take it if he was that good for, sure. the, for every start. But like, you just knew, like, eventually he was gonna gonna have to come down. And that, someone can correct me on the stat, but on May 26th against the Reds last year, he struggled, gave up a lot of runs, and then this year he did. So maybe there is just something about May 26th against the Reds. Like, just don't <laughs> pitch him that. If that comes up next year, just don't pitch Justin Steele. Oh man, that's good. That's good detective work right there. So circle, circle May twenty sixth for Justin Steele for the for the foreseeable future. Andy, really good stuff, man. Thanks for jumping on with us here on the Memorial Day and uh, enjoy. I, I hope it's a beautiful. Is it a beautiful day? I haven't been outside oh, my apartment yet today. What, what's it like out there? It's it's a great day for a ball game. It's an absolutely gorgeous day and. Uh, if you have to work on Memorial Day, there's worse places to be than, than Wrigley Field right now. <laughs> Amen, man. Have a great uh, rest of your day, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon here on The Score. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. All right, man. Andy Martinez, Cubs writer for Marquee Sports Network. Oh, yeah. I've uh, covered my fair share of of holiday, summer. Hey, name the summer holiday, and I've been at a ballpark. And as Andy Martinez said, that's not the worst place in the world to be uh, when you're working is at a ballpark. But, folks, folks, it is work. Cubs and Rays coming up at 1245. I'm going to see what's going on in the text line for you and wrap up our show however we want to over the next 20 minutes or so. If you want to get in, we're open. We're opening it up. It's call, ask anything. It's call in anything. And I will definitely have some things that I would like to talk about at 312-644-6767. It's Mark Grody on Memorial Day on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back. Texter asks, hi, Mark. Is 500 a reasonable expectation for the Bears this season? Uh, you know, you can't be 500, but you know that. I know what, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's about right. A few more wins. But I think what is going to happen to the Bears is the same thing that is happening to the Cubs. And that is that no matter how measured the fans might sound, like Cubs fans even before this season, there's expectation. There is expectation. The Cubs, I heard Cubs fans booing on Saturday. There were audible boos, and I'm sure that wasn't the only time. So that's, but that caught my ear because that tells me everything, that Cubs fans expect more and bought in a little bit to the early success of this team. So to, to Cubs fans, it's not okay if they lose, even though they were pretty measured about it before the season. You want more, and it's at, the same thing is going to happen with the Bears because you put up with a 10-game losing streak last year. You put up with that crap. So even if people are saying, this texter is saying, is being measured and saying, this 500 a good expect because that's that's I know you're thinking, hey man, that's improvement. But you won't be thinking about improvement once the season starts. You won't be thinking, well, this is better than last year when we lost 10 straight games because we got six wins this year. No way. No way. So I'm predicting right now that if the Bears are one or two games under 500 halfway through the season, I don't think people are going to be happy and they might be booing at Soldier Field. So it always sounds good to to be measured and to ease into it, but guess what? Nobody's going to want the Bears to be 500 next year. It's just it's an easy call for me. It's an easy call for me, but it's a good text. 312-644-6767. That's the text line. This is also the phone line, and that's where we find Anthony in St. Charles. Hello, Anthony. What's up, Mark? How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. So favorite meat inside at a family barbecue. That's all I got for you. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate the question. I would go, I mean, just a really good, medium, rare juicy burger with a slice of cheese, a slice of raw. That's onion. That's how my dad says it. Gotta, yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a slice of raw on there. Gotta have a slice of raw. And a, a a dollop of ketchup. That to me is the best. And then side mm, probably potato salad. I'll keep it simple. If you want me to like actually give tell you my favorite favorite side of all time, though, if I'm really being honest, it's just not. Well, this might be might be popular. Is the seafood salad at Jewel? Oh, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not positive that there's any seafood in there. No, I think the shrimp the shrimp is real, right? It, 
it's just so good. It's just like the mayonnaise portion to the, the mayonnaise to fake seafood quotient is just absolutely uh, deluxe. But that's a good. Yeah, we haven't really done the spirit of of Memorial Day question. So if you got a you got a favorite meat, the favorite side. And you want to text it in, 312-644-6767. I think David Montgomery caught all of our ears um, the other day. David Montgomery, the former Chicago Bears running back, who is always a good soldier with the Bears. He always seemed to, seemed to have a healthy respect for the legacy of the organization, for Walter Payton. He was a grinder of a player. And you know, apparently he he bubbled over in terms of he got sick of playing for the Bears. That's the easiest way for me to sum it up. You're going to hear from David Montgomery in his own words, but it was a little bit baffling last year when Ryan Poles was talking about David Montgomery and how he definitely singled him out as a guy that he would like back here, and it seemed like. David Montgomery wanted to be with the Bears, just based on the way he talks about the organization. Um, but that clearly was not the case. He chose to leave the Bears. David Montgomery did not want to play with the Bears anymore, and that's clearer than ever when you listen to David Montgomery right here wearing a Detroit Lions uniform. i seen you work out in Houston, you know what I'm saying? So I respect your game. Every time I play Chicago Bears, we, we scheme for you. We scheme for you. Oh, my mama. You know what's so crazy? You've been through trials and tribulations with the losses. No question, bro. That's all I was used to. And it got to a point where, like, it really t- it sucked, the, it sucked the fun out of the game for me because I'm a competitor. Mm-hmm. I, like to play. I like to compete. That's what football is about. But, like, it's, a, it's so refreshing to be able to be in a place where yep. uh, that's appreciated and that's what you get to do. All right. All right. And, you know, I, this is not one of those things where, oh, how dare you, David Montgomery, taking little shots at the Bears on your way out. I mean, just there's no, like, you don't really have a position if you were a Bears supporter in this. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, the the, the Bears didn't, they, they, they've been horrible. And David Montgomery has not been, not been a big part of why the Bears have been horrible. You know what I mean? Like, he's not a perfect player. Um you know, he's replaceable, like all that kind of stuff. But he's not wrong. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for ditching the Bears after enduring a 10-game losing streak. I mean, players, just a guy like that, you know. Now, I hope that there's not more to it than, than David Montgomery is letting on because – that also tells me, unfortunately, that David Montgomery, not only was he sick of the losing and maybe scarred from it, but it also says that David Montgomery clearly does not believe in the immediate future of the Bears either. And I think that that's what it says more than anything, that he does, doesn't think that this thing is going anywhere, right? Obviously, and especially not this year. If he actively wanted to leave the Bears because he was tired of the losing, then he is predicting that the losing is going to continue. Um, so that's a little scary to think that I, a guy who I think is you know an intelligent, good locker room presence and all of that, that if he is saying that about 
that team, or at least this is what I'm perceiving him, that I am inferring from his comments that he is saying that, that the Bears got a, they're still a ways off. Or maybe, maybe he doesn't believe. I know this. I mean, I know this. He got sick of a- answering questions about Justin Fields. I don't know if that has anything to, to do with him, whether or not he believes in him or not. I, mean, I don't think we get a truthful answer necessarily from anybody. Why would we? I mean, David Montgomery is not going to tell us, oh, yeah, this, this guy's bad. But there were times where he actively rolled his eyes, you know, when we would ask him about Justin Fields and, you know, oh, here we go again. Now I got to break out the, you know, the, the, the list of synonyms to describe this guy and how good he is and all of that. So I think he got he got tired of that and the, and losing. And you could tell, too, I mean, like I, I mentioned the media stuff. When we would talk to the media at, at large, you never knew what you were going to get out of David Montgomery towards the end of his time here. And, like, it's all starting to, like, click in my head. Like, he was sick of the losing, and because of that, it was dreadful for him to have to talk to the media and he could have been better with us. I mean, there were times where I was like, "Come on, man!" Like people would ask questions, and he would he would unpurposely be, you know, um, confrontational or whatever, or just not be serious. He would not be serious a lot of times with us in the press conferences, and it's just adding. It's just like I'm getting it now. He was not happy. He was not a happy guy. Um, not happy with the Bears, and I guess you take him on his word. Not happy with the losing, but it does frighten me a little bit that that might open the window to David Montgomery thinking that the Bears don't have a, you know, immediate future or one that – because that's what you want to hear if you're a Bears fan. You don't want to hear about the Bears being six or seven games under five hundred again this year or anything like that. You want to hear about the Bears being successful this year. Um, And – I think that David Montgomery thinks the Bears are still a long way off from that. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. Uh, I do have confirmation from the text line here. Uh, I loved Jules' seafood salad, and it's really good. I don't know what it is. Sometimes, I think maybe I am sensitive to good mayonnaise. I think that's what it is because I think there's good mayonnaise in there. The reason I say that I have mayonnaise powers too is because. You know which sandwich shop has the best mayonnaise? It's Jimmy John's, and I like all of the sandwich shops, okay? And I'm not doing an endorsement for Jimmy John's here. There's just something about the mayonnaise to bread to meat to lettuce tomato quotient in a Jimmy John's. Uh, From the 847, maybe if Montgomery could run faster than my grandfather or could score from inside the five-yard line, they wouldn't have lost so much. (laughs) No, look, hey. David Montgomery was a professional football player for the Chicago Bears who had some nice years, who had some really nice moments. He was a good player, all of that kind of stuff. But, no, it's far from a difference maker, far from a guy who one should lose sleep over losing. It's a loss. I mean, let, let me, you know, let's be straight up. Losing Montgomery, that that is not good, but it is, you can overcome that. A lot of people are excited, too. And why not? He's a he's a rookie. He's a draft pick, so you should be excited about him. And that's Roshan Johnson, the running back, the backup running back out of Texas. Roshan Johnson. A lot of Clay Harbor talking a big game about, about Roshan Johnson earlier. 
you know, that he could compete for actual runs? I don't think so. We'll see how many actual carries out of the backfield Roshan Johnson gets, but my guess is definitely not a lot right away, especially because it, it's going to be Khalil Herbert, by the way. I was at the OTAs. It, it, they are posing Khalil Herbert as the number one running back. Could change. Um, Dante Foreman obviously is, you know, 1B. Travis Homer, he's out there. And then, we'll, you know, we'll, let's just see with Roshan Johnson what he can do and what he's capable of. So we have no idea. Saw him out there, and he looked fine, but there's no pad popping. And, hell, I mean, the the what can a running back sh- show in you know, really difficult until they actually put the pads on with these guys, Roshan Johnson. So we shall see what the Cubs or what the Bears might have in order for him as well. Uh, Mark, happy Memorial Day for dessert. Jewel brownies, yum. Yeah, yeah, Jewel brownies. I got no problem with that at all. Um, from the 630, this is on this is on the Cubs, by the way. Grody, I think it's okay for them, the Cubs, to lose, but they spent $300 million in the offseason. It's a reasonable expectation for the Cubs to play 500 baseball. Um, yeah, I mean, and... I think we saw them doing it for a lot of this year. And I, d- I think that there is a fear that the bottom is dropping out and that they are coming back to the mean, and the mean might be last place where they are right now. <laughs> I don't think it is. I, I, I really think the Cubs are going to get back to hovering around 500. Some of that will be dictated at the trade deadline, I think, too. Because like, obviously if he starts signing or – trading guys off everything will change but i think that we saw enough i mean it depends on what you believe do you believe on the in the good that you saw from the cubs earlier this year or do you believe more in the bad that you have seen from the cubs recently i think i saw too many good things to think the bottom is going to drop out i think that they're just going to end up a lot more a lot more closely to where we all thought they would be a few games under 500 maybe at 500 maybe they even push over a game over 500 but certainly there are issues and cubs need a win today simple as that marcus stroman the stro show going at it today thanks to everybody for listening on memorial day i hope you have a wonderful day today thanks to clay harbor for coming on andy martinez talking cubs from wrigley field as well thanks to tyler farangal for doing a great job of producing this show Cubs baseball is next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Bye-bye. Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody. Yeah, Mark Grody. Beautiful man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.